Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hello there. How art thou? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. actually, you know, I feel, I feel like a good vibe. We finally got some good weather. It occurred to me yesterday. Yeah, it's all right, eh? Yesterday, I think it was zero. I took the dog to the park. All I had on was a jacket. Mm. No hat, no mittens, no neck warmer, no gloves, no yeah. no eaters in my, my boots. Yeah. It was the exact same temperature as two days before. The difference was the wind. The wind on the weekend was frigid. It makes a huge difference. And the sun, right? When the sun isn't there and then you got the wind, it just like changes your mood completely. But I agree with you. Yesterday with the sun, because I, I have to, I stand at the bus stop every single day with my daughter, with my youngest daughter, waiting for my oldest daughter. Yesterday, it was the first day this week or in the last week, I should say, where I was like, oh, it's actually quite comfortable out here. Like <laughs> if this was our winter, if our winter hovered around like six degrees, and I know there's some parts of the world that have a winter like that. It doesn't go below zero like we do. That would be okay with me. Mm-hmm. I'd be, I probably wouldn't hate winter. And it could snow now and again, here and there, but not a lot. Then that would be perfect. Is that too much to ask for? Yes, I know. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Will we ever be a soccer country? Because I get that people think we're a hockey country, but we're not very good at it. We haven't won a cup in this country in years. Soccer, we're at the World Cup, the biggest sporting event in the world. Huge stage. Canada is ranked 41st in this tournament, and we open up today against the number two ranked Belgium. We drew a shitty pool. It would have been way better to be in with a couple other countries that are shitty, because then we could have maybe at least advanced out of the group stage. And who knows? Maybe these guys will impress us. Maybe we will make it out. But either way, we're there, and that's massive. The thing is, I feel like people don't give a shit. People are yeah. like, oh, cool, that's great. But nobody's really like planning watching parties and getting the drinks ready. None of the pizza companies are like, tell everyone to place their order online in advance because we're expecting a big rush. Right. Nothing. Yeah, I feel like to answer your question, are we ever going to be that soccer country? Maybe not. It all has to start when they're young, right? But how? But then when I say that, I also think back to, yeah, I was in soccer when I was young too. I think a lot of people were. But how many people took that? Because I think it does take you to tr- want to develop the skill in order to be very interested or invested in it or to know people who are. And hockey's a great example in Canada, obviously. Everybody knows somebody who plays hockey. If it wasn't you, it was a sibling or a good friend. You went to hockey games. You kind of grew up surrounding it. And it's not like that with soccer here. It really isn't. So unless things change on that note, I don't know if we'll ever become a soccer country. For me, I see Canada there. Uh, and this Again, it's a massive stage. It's a very big deal. It's a proud moment for Canada. I'm very proud f- uh, for them. Does it mean I'm going to be like watching all of the games now? No, <laughs> I no, I never have. And I I'll catch some of the Team Canada. Don't get me wrong, but I it's not like I'm going to be like. And from here forward, I will always watch soccer. I, that's not for me, dog. Even if it was just at the World Cup, 
It'd be kind of nice if we got into it. We have pro soccer teams in Canada, but even they, I mean, if you go to the mm-hmm. games, you know it's a vibe. It's a great atmosphere. Yeah. But we're talking 20,000 people out of a city of five, six million. I don't understand what it's going to take to get people in this country interested. We're <laughs> actually good at this. Y- and yes. nobody gives a shit. Well, that's the thing, too, is I think we have potential. You know what I mean? When you look at it's like the same as looking at someone and being like, oh, you know, if you only try, like you have so much potential, but you have to work for it. That is the way with soccer, isn't it? I mean, we have a lot of great athletes um, out there who could go that way. But again, it's about motivating them to go that direction. And the more great Canadian soccer players we have, I think the more we will be cheering for them and watching soccer. I'll got to say, you know what I'll say? You know what I'll say? Because I don't want soccer people to be upset. Because the truth is, you know, I'm envious and I wish I did like soccer. Like my cousin is a hard, diehard TFC fan but goes back to football being football because we're Scottish and whatever. And I look at him like at those games and I go, I, I, I'm not, I wish I was interested in going, but I'm not like, I see how much fun you're having your little cheers and your weird claps that you do in the air and all that shit that happens because <laughs> they are weird. But I'm like, I don't get it. And, and kind of part of me is like maybe a jealous in a way, although I don't want to stand outside when it's cold, but I, you know, I think, I wish that I did have more of an interest in it, but I just don't. Let me give you an example of a theory that I've held for a long time. And the sport that I like is not popular on the mass mainstream. Uh, it's lacrosse. Lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People really don't want to get into something that they don't know or understand. And I feel like if they did try out soccer, they might actually get into it and they might like it. If somebody sat down and explained the rules and some of the strategy to you, you'd probably think it was great. But you just need that little push. When it comes to lacrosse, here's a sport that is way, way, way faster pace than hockey. It is quick. More goals get scored in lacrosse than in hockey. It's played in hockey arenas, but it's running as opposed to skate and glide, skate and glide. So arguably, there's a lot more athleticism involved. This is a sport that plays music all the way through the play. There's so many great things. Which every sport should do. Yes. If you go to a lacrosse game, it's impossible to not have a good time. But people don't want to go because they don't know it. So I'm going to use this as an opportunity to plug it. The Toronto Rock, I'm going into my seventh season working for them. I don't think I've announced it, but I did sign my contract this week. I'm back for this season. And we open up at First Ontario Centre on Saturday, December the 3rd. It's a guaranteed win night from the owner of the team. In other words, if they don't beat Vancouver in the season and home opener, everybody gets a free ticket to a future game. The lower bowl is always sold out at First Ontario Centre. I'd love to fill that upper bowl. We should have a good crowd because we're actually really good at this. The best players in the world are all from Southern Ontario. So come on out, First Ontario Centre in Hamilton. It's a guaranteed win for the home opener, and that is coming up in just a few weeks. There's a lot of fun things that I want to talk about in this episode, namely this. Researchers from the Royal Ontario Museum and Western University are asking all of us for a little bit of help as they hunt for possible parts of a meteorite right around southern Ontario. A meteorite hunt. Yeah. I didn't know it happened. I I started seeing videos when I woke up on Saturday of a meteorite that apparently streaked across the sky. It was like a perfect implosion over the CN Mm -hmm. Tower. It was amazing. Pretty cool. I even went back and checked my doorbell cam and my surveillance cams to see if I could catch some video of it because I should have the way my house faces, but for whatever reason, it didn't pick it up. 
but a lot of people did see it. Now we figured out it entered our atmosphere just south of Woodstock. Fragments are thought to have made it to the ground between Woodstock and the south shore of Lake Ontario near St. Catharines. Okay. Scientists say it's only the sixth time they've detected an asteroid before it impacted the Earth with advance warning. And it's reportedly the first predicted event to occur over a heavily populated area within range of the dedicated instruments that they need to study the fireball. In other words, there's pieces of actual space somewhere between here and the south shore of Lake Ontario. Mm -hmm. I'd like to know how much of it was still intact when it hit. Well, yeah, because if we're if we are supposed to be openly searching for it, and let's say you are in that area, right in that path of what you say, how, I mean, how big are these pieces? Are we uh, are we looking for small pieces, big? And when by when I say big, how big is big? Are we going to know it to see it? Like, hey, that rock looks funny, or is it going to be too small that we won't even notice, and we're going to think it's just a random rock? I don't know what I'm looking for. Pick up all the rocks you see for the next little while. <laughs> just throw them in the back of your car. Just in case? Yeah, just in case. You never know. And then go up to the ROM and drop them off yeah. and say, I think this is Found from space. Found some rocks. What do, what do you owe me? <laughs> and then they're going to tell you, that's a river rock from your garden. No, yeah. we don't need that. Get no, we want loser. the space ones. Never come back. It's pretty neat, though. I mean, Canada should be, an, that's another thing Canada should be, is a space country. We develop the technology that puts people and parts mm-hmm. in space. That Canada arm is world-renowned, internationally renowned, galactically renowned. Galactic. <laughs> Universally. Those aliens that keep coming to Earth that we Galact- all know about. Galactically. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a word. There's aliens visiting <laughs> Earth. We know that. We've seen yeah, the video. It's not even being denied anymore. Maybe they're just here to figure out how the Canada arm works and then they'll be on their way. Like, I want a neat little space arm for me. That'd be a handy little gadget to have around my alien house. They just pick shit up for you. Snatch things up. (laughs) Uh, Yesterday, the Bank of Canada came out with some fairly Captain Obvious statements. It was the senior deputy governor. Her name is Carolyn Rogers. She said the holders of variable rate mortgages are already feeling pain from higher interest rates, but costs will soon increase for other homeowners Mm. and they will continue over time. New research from the Bank of Canada finds variable rate mortgages now account for about a third of the total outstanding mortgage debt. That's up from a fifth in 2020. Rogers says the Bank of Canada expects the financial system as a whole to withstand this period of stress thanks to safeguards such as the mortgage stress test, which she thinks ensures Canadians can still afford their home purchase if interest rates rise. I, uh, I don't know if our Bank of Canada could be any more out of touch. First off, I don't believe that only a third of mortgages are variable. They tried to say it was like 10% six months ago. And they do that. They cook the books and they spin the numbers because they don't want everybody to start panicking and thinking, shit, we could be in a housing crisis. So I don't think they're being truthful with the numbers. And for them to acknowledge, yeah, if you've got a variable, you're fucked. If you don't have a variable, mm-hmm. you'll soon be fucked when you renew or try and, and buy something. Even if you downgrade, you're still going to get screwed on interest rates. There's a scenario now where you could buy a house that's worth like a quarter million dollars less than what you're living in now and still end up with the exact same payment because the interest rates are higher. I don't know 
if they're this out of touch or if this is strategic, but saying that because we have a stress test, Canadians can withstand this is one of the most misleading things there is. They've already raised rates more than the stress test tests for. They already have. The timing of the stress test, I still find incredible. You'll recall it was 2018 when they put the stress test in. Right before a global pandemic that sure enough has mm-hmm. led to massive interest rates around the world, massive interest rate increases around the world. I, uh, I don't think that just because we have a stress test, or I do think that the Bank of Canada thinks because we have a stress test, we'll be fine. Nobody's going to lose their home. Let's be clear. People are absolutely going to lose their homes because of this, and they don't care. Mm-hmm. It's beyond maddening to me that they just keep plowing through with these interest rate increases And their only concern is the banks themselves. They're not worried about Canadians not being able to pay their mortgage. Something's got to give. Everybody I talk to brings up their mortgage and the amount or the cost of living. Rent is the other one that I hear about all the time. Oh, yeah. And as interest rates go up, you can bet your ass rent's going to keep going Mm -hmm. up because the people who own that property are now paying more for the property. And, of course, they pass it on to the people renting. Of course. How can we keep going like this? I, I don't know when they're going to wake up and realize we're going to send a lot of people to a totally preventable grave just by doing this shit. What's and- the um, projection in terms of what are their thoughts on when it's going to stop? Because we all know they say that everything will be straightened out by in, in the next two years. By the next two years, it'll be fine. Everything's going to be back to normal or whatever. But when does that shift start to happen from what we've known? They say there's guaranteed... Next year? No, there's going to be another interest rate hike in December, probably a quarter point, maybe a half point, and then they're going to see where it goes from there. There was a lot of people who thought they'd jack them up a lot this year and then actually lower them in 2023. Well, that's what I initially had heard, so that may not be the case. It doesn't seem that way. I mean, nobody's a crystal ball, blah, 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 but I mean, those who predict these things, I thought they said by late 2023 latest, and if not middle, like after second quarter... They would would be correct or starting to get corrected. I mean, can I tell you what I honestly think? I think this whole thing is planned. They knew when they introduced the stress test that a time would soon come where they were going to sharply raise interest rates. And there was no reason to think that back then. But they put in this stress test. They said to cool the housing market. It didn't. In fact, it made the housing market go even more ridiculous and blocked a lot of other people out of the housing market. Mm -hmm. But they're raising these rates so rapidly now, and they think they're backstopped by the stress test. That's not going to help. That's not going to help. And frankly, Canadians base their budgets on what their current payment is, not what payments could be if interest rates rise two and a half percent. That's totally unprecedented. This has never happened before. The Bank of Canada is rapidly trying to cover their mistake where they printed way too much money. And now we have an inflation problem that they think raising interest rates is going to tame. They're also putting out really questionable numbers. The employment numbers. Does anyone actually believe those employment numbers? Because I don't. I don't think any of them are ever accurate. I, don't I think never so think either. they're accurate. I don't think they're accurate, but they say because people have jobs, it's safe to keep raising interest rates. Well, what kind of jobs do people have? Sure, someone's got a job. They've got an income coming. But if that income is not a livable income, if that income is not enough to cover the rise in mortgage or rent payments, then it doesn't matter if they have a job because they're still going to lose. You know, they they say, oh, well, you know, uh, the consumer price index is up. 
A, I don't believe you. I still think we've been in a recession since the beginning of July. People really started to slow their spending back then as rates were going up. And it's gotten even Mm. worse since. But they won't acknowledge that. They're still saying we might end up in a recession eventually, maybe in 2023. But it'll be short and we'll weather the storm because we've done everything we have to do. Hmm. No, you guys need to put out truthful numbers. You need to rely on real metrics. Stop this shit with, oh, well, in September, we had a small uptick in consumer spending. So that means we're definitely not in a recession. You guys are delusional if you think that's the case. We are in a recession. Everyone should acknowledge that, particularly the people at the Bank of Canada. They're not our friends. They're not here to help. They're not here to try and make life more affordable. They are bankers that care about bankers and nothing else. They just want the money. And if if Canadians lose their homes, so be it. Someone else will be there to buy it. And that's what they're banking on. They don't give a shit. And no one will stand up to these people because, God forbid, we question the the independence of the Bank of Canada. Well, newsflash, they're not that independent. They're really not. So somebody, please be a hero here and stop this from happening because there's way too many people that are going to end up homeless and, and renting out rooms in their own home and in a totally shitty situation for no good reason. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, While we're talking homes, I think people finally woke up to what got announced quietly at the end of the week before last. Doug Ford is going to reopen the green belt and start developing on the green belt. But the trade-off is he's not actually shrinking the green belt. He'll add more areas to the green belt in other areas. In other words, that prime green belt land that runs through the heart of southern Ontario from the, the, the Oak Ridges Moraine right down to the Hamilton Escarpment. There could be building in there. And some of it's kind of swampy, shitty land anyway, but it's in a great location. That's the green belt. It's protected for a reason. There's a lot of tributary streams. There's a lot of ecosystems, a lot of animals that have a natural habitat there. We're going to start building. And apparently we should be okay with this because they're going to add more green belt space like out the other end of Peterborough and shit like that. Oh, I was going to say like where do they just like where do they just come up with new space? If there's area that could be in the green belt, it should be in the green belt. No question. Building homes on the green belt now. I'm not going to say no, but I'm going to say not yet because I still think there's a lot of prime real estate that we haven't even tapped in. Every day I drive to Kitchener from Burlington. Do you know how much? How many hundreds of acres of available land there is between Town Line Road in Cambridge and Highway 25 in Milton? Mm -hmm. The entire area from where Guelph ends right down to Hamilton is completely untapped. And there's highways there to service it. It will be full. 
But why it will be full eventually? Why are we tapping into the green belts in those sensitive areas when we have all that available land? Do you know how much land there is even between the south end of Milton and the north end of Oakville? There's land there that we could be building on. We don't necessarily yeah. need to be tapping into uh, prime York region and and um, what am I thinking of? Uh, oh, it'll come to me. But that whole area there in in the heart of southern Ontario, northern. And Northwest GTA. We don't need to be building there right now. Isn't an ownership thing, though? Like, who owns that land? The, the one that you speak of especially, if anyone is familiar with that stretch, um, you know, between Town Line and even, what is it, all the way past the Sixes, who owns that land? Is that land owned by someone? As far as I know, it's protected land. It is protected land. Okay. For, for whatever reason. Hey. Uh, I, I was always I, curious about that. I don't just want to be a West End guy here. Let's also talk about the East End. Do you know how much room there is between Oshawa and Coburg? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Millions that's of homes a, could be built see, there. And that's another one that's got to be built up soon, but I don't know the reasoning as to why they haven't go, go, done that yet. Um, or maybe it is protected. I don't know. I'm not privy to these conversations at Queens Park, but I do think that people who are concerned about us building over the green belt have a right to be concerned. It also sets a dangerous precedent. This government has gone from, we're never going to open the green belt. I hear you loud and clear, folks. You don't want the green belt open, so we're not going to do it. Well, now it's gone to, we are going to open it, and we're going to give mayors the power to impose our building requirements in wherever we want, and the mayor doesn't even need a majority anymore. These new strong mayor powers That's right. allow a mayor to do whatever he wants as long as he's got the consent of a third of his city councilors. Or she. Or she. I'm sorry. Yes, or absolutely. She, or, or she, motherfucker. Or she. I think there might be more female mayors than male mayors at, say, this, at point, this point. There might be. Which yeah. is wonderful. So, listen. Uh, the fact that they're completely changing around the Municipal Act, that they're giving mm-hmm. strong mayor powers specifically to get housing built. Okay, we need housing built. But I do think areas should have a say in where that gets done. Mm-hmm. And that should require a majority vote. I've never heard of a democracy where a third rules. It doesn't work like that. Half, at least. I, I would really, really hope that before we put a single shovel in the ground, anywhere near the green belt, we've exhausted all other alternatives. Environmental issues affect us all. And here's a great example. The city of Hamilton. I almost feel bad for Andrea Horvath. You know, she had a shitty run at Queens Park there where she kept losing. And then she finally got into a great spot. Now she's the mayor of the great city of Hamilton. And sure enough, the first thing she's got to deal with is this. Shit. Literally. Literal shit. (laughs) The city of Hamilton says sewage has been leaking into Hamilton Harbor for 26 years. How do they just stumble upon this revelation now? It's wild. Yesterday, just after noon, they noticed something strange at the northeast corner of Wentworth Street and Burlington Street. The city figured out that a leak has gone undetected since 1996. It is caused by a hole in a combined sewage pipe. So basically what that means is sewage that should have gone to wherever it goes to clean the water was going right back into the lake, raw sewage. It also means at least 50, potentially many more, Hamilton homes have basically been flushing their toilet directly into the harbor. Oh, that's filthy. Like that's, ugh, that's gag worthy, right? Have you ever Just swam in Hamilton Harbor? No. Okay, so. Can you? Oh yeah, sure. I have, uh, I used to have a boat 
but it sunk. If you don't know why that happened. Hang on, hang on. But it sunk or but I sunk it? I mean, it doesn't matter how ah. it happened. It just, not many, okay, you know, I'm going to own this. I should just, I should stop fucking around with this. I did sink You done my, fucked up. I sunk a boat. The first time I took it out, I'd gone and I, I went to the Enter Care Center during the boat show and I wrote my fucking boater exam and I got my license and I thought, well, look at that. I passed the test without even studying. I'm a boater now. I bought a boat. I put it in in Hamilton Harbor, right underneath the lift bridge. Took it out about 100 meters and I noticed the front was getting higher and the back was getting lower. <laughs> What I did not know at the time, and to this day, I still don't fully understand. Why does a boat have a plug? It's unnecessary. The plug is in case water gets in the hull, it'll just drain out while you're driving away. Well, if you don't put the plug back in, water gets in the hull and your boat sinks. And that's what happened to me. I didn't know that. Nobody. That's not on the test. I know which way to pass a boat that's coming at me from left to right. I just don't know that you have to put a plug in it. That's the thing. Then you got to get a test for the boat. Um, did you, and by the way, was it ruined after that? Was that it? Or were you able to like drain the boat, if you will, and, and you used it after that? So what I had to do was go in the water and, and you have a winch on your boat trailer. So I'm pulling the winch to get the rope as long as I can get it. And the boat was still fairly near the dock. Because I started to turn around when I realized, oh, shit, I'm sinking. So I turned around and tried to make it back to the launch. Didn't quite make it, but close enough. I was able to go down and hook the, the winch onto the boat. Then I had to winch it up. A boat is not easy to winch up because boats are heavy. When a boat is full of water, it's damn near impossible. <sighs> and you know what? Those fucking fishermen that were standing there on the dock laughing, laughing. as I'm trying to crank up the New boat. New boater like, alert. Yeah. Listen here, fuckers. <laughs> if you don't mind, maybe you jump in and give me a hand. Uh, maybe, maybe you help out. Don't be a prick. So I'm winching this boat up. I finally got it lined up. And then it was a series of jump in the truck, pull it forward like two feet. Then I have to get out of the truck and winch it up a little more. Then I drive it out a little bit more. Then I go back out of the truck and winch it up. I finally got it up. It took like an hour and a change to get the boat out of the water. Completely filled. It was sad. There's fucking seaweed hanging off of it. Water leaking out that part that I should have put the plug in. (laughs) So it did eventually drain. But because it had taken so much water on, it was underwater. I parked it in my parents' driveway. And I I left the cover off. And I said, you just sit there and dry out in the sun. Once you're fully dry, then we'll try and operate it again. Problem there was I kind of left it. I wasn't really in the mood to go boating. So it sat there until it was time to winterize it. I put the cover on and said, I'll get it back in the spring. The spring, I'll get back into boating. Raccoons got in and ate the seats, the foam seats. Oh, my God. And they fucking died in there. There was like a whole family of raccoons that were dead in there. So at that point, the seats had been eaten. It was completely underwater. The electronics were questionable at best because they'd been waterlogged for so long. And there was dead raccoons in it. It was a loss? Yeah. It was a loss. Somebody took it, though. Oh, someone actually got bought it from you. They didn't buy it. I got $100 for the boat. Okay, gotcha. $100. Well, dead raccoons and all, I get it. I think that was a pity thing. But anyway, my point being is I've been in Hamilton Harbor. (laughs) I've eaten fish out of Lake Ontario, and the fish swim through Hamilton Harbor. Sure. Now there's actual shit floating in the water in Hamilton Harbor, and nobody noticed for 25 years.
Why do they make it so easy to get the boater light? Now that, sorry, now that we're talking about the boats, why is it so easy to get that? I stumbled upon the test at Bass Pro and I got my boater's license. Never read a thing. Right. But do Never you know how thing. to, do you know how to, uh, I'm sure you know all the safety rules and which way to proceed through a channel, I, but do you know anything about putting plugs in and how to tow it and winch I, it out if it sinks? And the thing is, I barely know all of the safety things you mentioned. I was, I was on the old ski-doo um, up in Muskoka and I had someone coming toward me and it looked as though we were going to hit each other almost. It was a boat. And I know that there was a protocol. I'm supposed to go one way. They're supposed to go another based on that thing that sticks out of the lake that I don't even know the name of. So that's how little I know. When I remember panicking in the, in the moment going, this was on the test. Am I supposed to go to the left side or the right? I'm assuming at the right side. But wait, no, that stick says that, it sh- that right there is a, I'm going to hit a bump if I go that way. So how do we maneuver this? And I freaked out so much so that I did like a hard U-turn and almost fell off the fucking thing. Oh, wow. So no, I mean, I don't even think that I should have passed it. Scary, but true. And I, and by the way, once you have your boater's license, you have it for life. Like I just have one. Yeah. They can't take that away. Never let me, never not let me drive the boat. Maybe they should. Maybe there should be a yeah, G1 and fun. a G2. Like, hey, G1, here's the safety rules. G2 is here's what to do if the fucker sinks. Well, all I know is don't trust me behind the wheel. Hamilton Harbor is gross. And uh, Hamilton Harbor has poo in it. I, I don't know. <laughs> all lakes. I mean, all bodies of water have poo in it. Let's just be honest. I mean, where do you think the, the, the fish shit in the water? But now we're talking like human shit. That gets a little too real for people, doesn't it? Yeah. Not to mention everything else that people are stupid enough to flush down the toilet. There's yes. probably fucking condoms and tampons and all How sorts of shit the in hole? there. It was a big a hole. Big? Like a gaper? Yeah. Everything that flushed <laughs> oh, out of those 50 or more homes went right into the lake. Oh, that's disgusting. And then some of the other stuff, because it was like a, a joint pipe, like a T, some of it also flowed into Lake Ontario. Fuck. Why would any of it? Evacuate to Lake Ontario. Only go to the wastewater treatment facility. That's all you have to Was do. Was there like a plug for it, much like that one in your boat that you were missing that one day? Just, did they plug it up or are they working on it currently? I don't know. I haven't taken that test yet. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do? Well, good luck, Hamilton. Sorry. Last thing I want to mention on this episode is, and I, I do feel bad for him because I don't think I would want to be in this situation, but I don't think it would be the worst gig. Kat told a great story this morning on our morning show about 50 Cent involved in a lawsuit. The rapper, 50 Cent. So 50 Cent and I guess this plastic surgeon, uh, this doctor, had some form of a relationship to the point where she was able to ask him if she could use an image of his. I don't know what he was thinking or what that conversation looked like because 50 Cent agreed to it at the time, thinking that it was just for, I, I don't know. I don't even know what he thought it was for because she is a plastic surgeon after all. Whatever happened, happened. But lo and behold, 50 Cent's face popped up on an advertisement for penis enhancement surgery. And so when you mm. looked at the photo of 50 Cent and then you saw, get your penis enhancement surgery, you might ask, did 50 Cent get penis enhancement surgery? That's the obvious question. So now he is suing. Um, he is suing for damages. And also he says that he um, definitely went through a lot emotionally. Um, it, it, with this whole thing, with people coming to his rescue now. They've dated him, by the way, to say, his natural dick's great. He didn't. <laughs> From what I can tell, there was no surgery involved. I've known that penis for a while. Like, there's no, I'm not kidding you. There's people that have hooked up with 50 Cent that are saying like, no, nah, that can't be true. Because, you know, it was before te- pre-2020, I had sex with 50 Cent, which is hilarious. So now it's all kind of embarrassing. But this thing is going to trial. 
if there's no settlement, which I have a feeling there may be, if it's not, uh, if there's not, if it's not settled in July of 2023, I hope this gets televised because I would love to watch this. What do you introduce as evidence? Do you need like a before well, and no after? That's <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? He's like, look. I don't know. Is she also still trying to claim that he did is the question. She hasn't said anything, this particular plastic surgeon that he's suing and her company. Uh, They haven't said whether or not he's had the surgery, but they did definitely use the photo for it. So does that mean he's lying? He did get the surgery low key and didn't know that they were going to do that. Did he give her permission to use the photo for something else? Is he telling the exact truth that she just happened to do it there? Or did it mistakenly get put on a poster for that? Like maybe you can interchange these things and it, it was a flub on their part. I don't know. In some cases, not all, but in some, when you reserve the services of a plastic surgeon, particularly plastic surgeons, it's right in the contract that they have a right to use a before and after photo for promotional purposes. You got to read the fine print on this shit. So maybe without actually saying it, that's how he ended up in this situation. But his face? I mean, they didn't enhance his face. No, but I mean, here's a real person who's been to our clinic. His name is Curtis. Well, it's fucking 50 cents. Which, Obviously, it's 50 cents. By cent. the way, and that's the case, too, is that could have been the case as well. And I don't know if that was clarified that he was there for something else. He could have been there for something else. As far as we know, that's how he had the that's why the picture was there. Apparently, there's different different pecker procedures you can have done. Like he might not necessarily because this could be semantics. No, I never had a penis enlargement. Okay, well, did you have anything done like a, down there? Like a scrotum chop or some shit like that? Like a cleanup or something? Some people, <laughs> yeah, some people get, okay. uh, some people get like laser hair removal done. Can you imagine laser hair removal on yeah, your testicles? Yeah, lots of people get hair, laser hair removal though. So maybe he could have been there for that. Maybe he went in for like a, like a, a, a girthier look, but didn't touch the length. Okay, well, I mean, that's not a penis enlargement per se, but it certainly works better. It's enhanced. Yeah, maybe there's a, you put in like a, a higher capacity vein so you can get a harder hard on or who knows what he had done. I don't fucking know, but a higher capacity. vein. What is that? Cause blood is what makes the pecker stand up. So, so you if you get a bigger vein, a fake vein, maybe. And then it just goes and it's like hard fast. Maybe oh. he's in a hurry when he does these things. I don't I, know. I'm not sure in any case, maybe he was uncircumcised and wanted a snip. Like there's any number of the reasons. Plastic surgeons do that. Do they, they'd take care of that, I guess. Right. I, I think for yeah. an adult, that's where you go and yes, get it where done. You have to go. You, you can't walk into the maternity ward as a 40-year-old and say, mm, <laughs> I changed my mind. Go see a pediatric surgeon. Is there a Dr. Bob yeah. here? Because apparently he birthed me and he missed something. I'd like this, this off my pee-pee, please. <laughs> Have yourselves a fantastic hump day, everybody. Go Canada, go. Let's at least give this a consideration. Trying to make Canada a soccer country, even if it is just for the World Cup. Go soccer. Have a great day. That's all you'll get from me. Go soccer. One of, if not the most anticipated release of the year is the long-awaited sequel to Avatar. Avatar, The Way of the Water, opens next month and was very expensive. So expensive, director Jim Cameron says the movie needs to make $2 billion just to break even. Is it even possible for a movie to make $2 billion? I feel like you need Tom Cruise and Spider-Man fighting Harry Potter on the Death Star to make $2 billion. Hey, guys, I heard about a British fisherman who uh, caught a goldfish that was over 60 pounds. The goldfish was like, so I went a little overboard on Thanksgiving. Okay, well, there was the judge. Right now, the guy has an even bigger problem. He's like, how do I flush a 60-pound goldfish? According to a new survey, 11% of Americans said that they find the sound of a baby's laugh relaxing, while the other 89% said, oh, damn it, the baby's awake. 
The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.